0: you be my pharmacist I know there's a hierarchy but they probably fire you got something for this would you be my pharmacist and you can ask me what is the last fall of my social number and you can tell me that my prescription is on fun black and could I have Cause you're my pharmacist And you can ask me what is the last fall of my social number And you can tell me that my prescription is on
1: That's the Halifax-born, San Diego-raised and now Nashville-based singer-songwriter and humorist Steve Poltz, with Pharmacist from his latest album Shine On. A fabulous live performer, Steve Poltz is on tour across Canada in May. He'll also be stopping by the Ottawa Blues Fest, Mariposa Folk Festival and the Trout River Music Festival this summer. To learn more about the new album and his upcoming plans, We're pleased to welcome Steve Pulse back to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to be able to talk to you today, Steve.
2: Yeah, man, it's great to be here with you, (laughs) Jan, and I'm also playing Calgary Folk Fest.
1: Oh, that's good. I didn't see that one on the schedule, so when is that taking place?
2: Calgary is July 26th.
1: Oh, neat, neat. Well, I know you're a wonderful festival performer, having seen you uh, crowd surf at a festival before i know it's something that uh, everybody needs to to get to enjoy and you know you you just work so much it always amazes me that you know when i get this message about steve Poltz coming on tour there's like 20 or 30 dates almost every time you know it, i know
2: it, you know it, i like what i do
1: well that's wonderful and then you're very good at it which is is obviously the the main reason that we're talking again on folk roots radio now Shine On came out earlier this year. We started off with the song Pharmacist, which I think is a co-write with Scott Sachs, who... Did he turn out to be your neighbor when you moved to Nashville?
2: Yeah, he turned out to be my neighbor. And uh, I just plopped down next door to him, and we ended up writing songs together. And uh, this is one of my favorites.
1: When you wrote it together, whose idea was it to, to write it about the pharmacist? Was that... Uh, Because at the time, you actually needed to to head to the pharmacy? Is that how it happened?
2: Well, I live right in East Nashville by Murder Kroger. And Murder Kroger is about two miles away from Kidnap Kroger. And Kidnap Kroger has better produce, better tomatoes and stuff. But Murder Kroger is right next door to where I live. And it's, it's more dangerous to go there. But they have a good pharmacy. And so I was talking to Scott, and we were saying... That would be kind of cool if you had a crush on your pharmacist so you wanted to keep getting sick so that you could see your pharmacist. That was how the idea came into play. We started talking about, I think I may have been sick at the time with this cold that wouldn't leave. And we started talking about the idea that you you keep going and inventing these illnesses because you just want to see this
1: pharmacist. Well, I know Nashville's Music City, I always wonder whether, you know, with there being so many musicians down there, whether when you go into somewhere like a, a pharmacy in a and a grocery store, whether people actually know, oh, that's Steve Poults, he's a singer-songwriter. Do people ever make those connections?
2: Every once in a while you run into people because there's so many musicians, so you can, uh, you can get a lot done going to the store, going to Turnip Truck or to Kroger, it's like you're at Folk Alliance or Americana and you're able to run into all these different people and discuss where you're going next or what's this show like or have you ever played this festival? Like I recently played Merle Fest and it all happened because I went out to the family wash, this one bar, and the, the guy that books Merle Fest was there and said, Hey man, I loved your performance the other night at like Folk Alliance because he was at Folk Alliance, and he said, I think you'd be great for Merlefest. And next thing you know, I said, let's call up my agent. So we called up Adam, and then he uh, booked Merlefest right there standing in this bar. It was pretty cool.
1: Well, that's one of the wonderful things, I think, about the festival scene and the is the fact that, you know, once people get to know you, and particularly uh, I mentioned before what a wonderful live performer you are, once people know, oh, yeah, well, you've got to get this guy on the program, just becomes self-perpetuating, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, work begets work. (laughs) So the more you keep doing it, other people talk, and then this industry people talk, and then hopefully they say, okay, this is a reliable performer. He'll be a good addition, or she'll be a good addition to this uh, festival and plays well with others, is good in workshops. And a lot of these uh, artistic directors talk to each other, and then hopefully you get more work out of it you got to just keep your nose to the grindstone.
1: Right, just keep working away, which is certainly, I mean, you are one of the, the most professional musicians that I know. I have to be honest that I, uh, I'm always amazed how on you are whenever you get to an event. I mean, you are very focused. You know, that is what you're there to do, uh, which is why, obviously, you do a great job each time.
2: Well, it's taken me a long time to get there, Jan, because, like, back when I was drinking and partying, that that was fun, too, but I wasn't as focused. I was, you know, drunk or stoned, and I wasn't as available, and after doing it for years, I realized, man, this is what I'm doing this for. I'm here to work, and I'm here to do this and get better at my craft, and it's taken a long time to get there. I mean, a lot. I did a lot of potholes along
1: the way. Do you think moving to Nashville has helped you get more stability? I know, you know, you mean you spent a huge amount of your life in San Diego. Now you're in Nashville. There's a lot of people there obviously very focused on, you know, and trying to move their careers forward. Do you feel that just is a good fit for you at this point in your career?
2: Yeah, I keep wondering why I didn't move there 10 years ago. I've never lived in a music town before. And there's so much going on and you're always in the mix no matter where you go. There are so many opportunities. There are people making videos. There are people wanting to do co-writes with you. People wanting you to uh, come in and just do a quick guest spot on their show. And there's always some music attorney there or a booking agent or a publisher. And you're bouncing ideas off of each other and they're doing it at a higher level. So hopefully just through osmosis, you soak some of that energy in and get better at your craft.
1: So Shine On is the new album. You mentioned co-writes. You've got co-writes with Scott Sachs, which is pharmacist. You also have co-writes with Anthony DaCosta and Molly Tuttle. We're going to play a Molly Tuttle co-write just now, but I'm curious about when you co-write with people. I mean, is it like a dating thing for songwriters? You say, hey, how about we get together and uh, see if we can come up with something is that how it works
2: yes and it can be awkward at first it, it can be like a weird first date or it can be a great first date and the key is to go in with an open mind the thing i've learned about co-writing is have a, like three ideas you've started in the bag just in case they don't have something and then say hey i have this little uh, snippet on my iphone or whatever i have a voice memo of an idea. I came up with a guitar lick or an idea for a song. And then sometimes you don't have anything and you just start strumming and then uh, magic happens.
1: I'd like to play the song Fourth of July from the Shine On album. It's an absolutely beautiful song. It's a co-write with Molly Tuttle. Can you just take us through the process of writing this song? Because I, I wondered how much came from you and then how much came from Molly.
2: Well, Molly came over to my house to write songs and I thought we were writing for her record, and then I ended up taking this song. And what happened was, it's really easy for us to write together. Um, I know Molly really well now, and she's just a fantastic writer. And not only is she a great guitarist, but she's also good with words. She's a great lyricist and a cool person. So I pulled out my tenor guitar. I had it tuned weird, and we came up with that lick that you hear. And I immediately started spouting lyrics out. It just came to me. And she latched right onto it. And once I get a tiger by the tail and I, start, I realize I have some structure for a song, words will just pour out of me. I've, I've never had a problem with words. And so I just start writing. I'll write like several verses and just start showing them to her. And then she'll write some and show them to me. And then we end up culling the herd down to three or four verses and taking the best. But I like to have an abundance of verses.
1: Well, this is such a beautiful song. I was curious as to, is this based in, in reality? You know, this this talking about, you know, seeing this person. Is, is is there anything in there? Or is this just a song that just came to you?
2: Well, it was actually right at the 4th of July when we wrote it. And those words just started coming out of me. And so it wasn't uh, about anybody per se, but it, I always take things That are from different memories in my life, and then it's a visceral experience talking about this stuff. And I think sometimes it's a form of alchemy. And once I open it up, magic happens, and I can bring myself into different memories of my life and the way I felt when I felt love.
1: And I guess just really just going with the flow with the song, right?
2: Yes, letting magic happen and magic will happen if you're available to the muse. Yeah. that's the funnest part about writing songs and making up songs with somebody is when these, you reach these magical spots.
1: Let's listen to that song now. This is Steve Poltz, with the co-write with Molly Tuttle, 4th of July from his new album Shine On you're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall
0: I won't forget the first time that I saw you You were waving by the screen on the 4th of July And I marveled what a sight to behold you And I fell into the spell of your wandering eye And I believe never everything true. I can hear the angels sing for you. And all I know is a feeling and it's right. I'll meet you out by the fireworks. they get spooked by the pounding and the colors all around us on the 4th of July my heart is beating fast now it's sounding like the thunder in the clouds when I look in your eyes and I believe in everything I can hear the angels sing for you And all I know is a feeling when it's right I'll meet you out by the fireworks tonight Well, the quilt of life is made of many patches. And the stitches all look seamless on the 4th of July. You spark my heart just like a book of matches. And I love to fall asleep beside your heavenly light. And I. everything that's true i can hear the angels sing for you all i know is a fear
1: That's Steve Poltz with 4th of July from his new album, Shine On. Steve Poltz is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. He's actually in Toronto at the start of his Canadian tour that's taking place this May. He's at the Dakota Tavern today, and then he's off to Guelph and then starts to to head east. I want to chat a little bit, Steve, about the album. You recorded this with Will Kimbrough in Nashville your first album since you went down there, uh, did it feel a bit different to, to making an album this way than you've done in the past?
2: I knew that I wanted to work with Will, and I've made a lot of records, so I felt really at home, like I kind of know a little bit of my way around the studio and how it is, and I sought out Will, and I had met him years ago when he was playing in Todd Snyder's band called The Nervous Rex, and me and Todd painted each other's toenails, and then we would play wiffle ball inside these bars where we were playing, and that's where I first met Will years ago. I was in the Rugburns, and so I always liked his production, and he plays guitar with Lou Harris, and he also plays with Rodney Crowell, and, and he's also a fantastic songwriter. I haven't co-written anything with him yet, but I will. And so I went over to his house, and we were going to go to a real fancy studio in Nashville, but I loved his little studio in his backyard in the shed. I felt so at home there. I said, can we just make it here? And he said, yeah. He loved it that I just wanted to stay at his house and make it. I just felt like there weren't any time constraints, and I didn't feel like it was too formal of an atmosphere where it brought a weird vibe on. So I was really lucky to make that record with him, and he did a a wonderful job.
1: Did it feel a bit different? I'm just curious about, you know, when you, you know, it's like going to Nashville. It's, I mean, there must have been a sense of, you know, I'm going to Nashville, you know, to, to live and to play. Does it, you know, make you feel like suddenly you're not, you know, the steep pulse that you were before because you are surrounded by so many great musicians, so many great songwriters?
2: You know, not really. It makes me want to step up my game, but I really felt like I belonged there and that I was with my tribe, and I wasn't intimidated. I I just felt like, man, why didn't I move here a long time ago? These are my people. It would be like if you were a computer programmer and you ended up going to uh, to Silicon Valley and you were in Northern California at the right time with all these people and you were programming and you're with your tribe. I, I just feel like I was wasting time not being there and that it's uh, a great place for me to, to live and to reap all the different benefits from living in that town.
1: Now, the the people that play on the album, it, it, is there just the, the three of you, you on guitar and vocals, Brian Owings on drums, and then Will Kimbrough takes care of everything else?
2: Yeah, it was so simple. So it wasn't like we got together this all-star cast, and Brian is just only on maybe two songs, maybe three, and it was mostly just Will and myself hanging out, and I recorded about 25 songs, and I cut it down to 10, and Will was like, come on, you gotta at least have 13, I can't get rid of these other songs, I love them, I said, nope, and we would go to Arnold's, this meet and three place, and have lunch, and that's where I sequenced the record, and I made sure it was only gonna have 10 songs, I wanted it to be like 37 minutes.
1: So I want to go back to the album and play one of my favorite songs from it. Now, this is an interesting song because it's entitled Windows of Halifax. Obviously, Halifax in Canada was where you were born. This song I love because it reminds me of Steve Poults Live. The way that you, you know, it's almost like you're riffing when you're actually uh, singing this song. You know, you talk about uh, the windows and what they may be saying to each other. I'm just curious about how long it took to write a song like this and whether it did come out of something that you were just musing about at the start.
2: It's exactly it. You nailed it, Jan. I just was uh, riffing and spouting out stuff like I would on stage. And I got to remember that because it's magic when that happens. And I got to remember to allow myself to do that. And it was so fun to make the make that recording and try to capture that spirit and that was one of the benefits of doing it at Well's Shed because I felt really at home there. and I felt relaxed to just riff on things and get a little weird.
1: So were all these lyrics actually written down before you sang them then or did they actually, some of them just come in the moment like they would in the live show?
2: They were actually written down, but I have to kind of riff a little bit to make it fit in because it's this waltz and I'm saying a lot, so I never do the song the exact same way, it seems, twice because I, I stumble into it. And I think, in a way, that has been kind of a godsend because it's allowed the song to feel fresh still to me.
1: And I wonder with Halifax, you know, I, I, it must be still pretty close to your heart. I, I don't know how many years you actually spent in Halifax before you ended up moving to San Diego, but I was noticing on, like, the current tour, like, the, you had two shows at the Carlton that sold out, and it looked at, you know, you have quite a few shows in nova scotia certainly atlantic canada generally it it must be a place that that means a lot to you is it
2: oh yeah it's the mothership it's where it all went down and all my relatives are still there and i almost think when you're born you're that you're born with a homing device implanted in your head and it knows that was where you came out into the world and so all the friends that live there and i'm able to play so many shows in the maritimes and they've they've held on to me and and kept me as one of their own, even though I'm much more of a Southern Californian in my nature.
1: You know, it's fun because, you know, in the song you mentioned the Halifax explosion, uh, you mentioned St. FX and Dalhousie in there. I mean, it is really quite a Halifax song. Yeah,
2: it's fun talking about all that, and I've spent so much time back there, you know, even playing in uh, Canso for... Stanfest and I got an aunt that lives in Canso and I have a, a really good friend who lives in Antigonish and playing in Wolfville and knowing friends that went to Dalhousie and uh, it, it, it's it's cool to be able to name check all that stuff
1: Let's listen to that just now, this is Steve Pulse with Windows of Halifax from his great new album Shine On, you're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall
0: shuttered and closed down, it was almost Christmas Eve, it was quiet on the town, there was snow on the streets, everyone was inside, I licked in my tree, and I slowly cried, well I drove in my car, it was like I was on the moon, I thought of a warmer place, in the middle of Gym. Sometimes it's all snow, makes me so mad. Sometimes for no reason, I just feel kind of sad. All the windows of Halifax tonight. Well, the first window says to the second window, How come you never open up? And the second window says, I had my heart broke once. Now I just stay close shut. Well, the first window says, maybe you could see some kind of counselor or something. Maybe a window washer could help you see things more clearly. Because I think you're pretty attractive. But you always have your shade pulled down. And the sun can never come in. Well, the second window says, Frig the sun, bye. The girl I love is back in St. Anthony, in a big old house with overgrown weeds. She's a beautiful window, and I can see all the way through her to her soul. Back in St. Anthony? Well, I was imported from St. John's. Well, the fella that lives here, he studied chemistry at Dalhousie University. Truthfully, he flunked out. still a chemist. Well actually he's just a drug dealer and we got people coming in and out of the house all night long but I never have anybody to talk to just bottle caps and cigarette butts being flicked my way Dalhousie University you say well, the fellow that lives here next door, he studied geography and archaeology over in Antigonish at St. Francis Xavier. But he flunked out too. Now the only mountains he sees are paper mountains from his failed thesis. Yeah, he's got some tinfoil trees, a cardboard river, and the ugly, ugly paper mountain he made out of the drug dealer's trash outside. Sometimes it's so snow makes me so mad sometimes for no reason I just feel kind of sad all the windows of Halifax tonight well the windows of the Maritimes they're all telling stories of the plentiful days of the God and the glory or an explosion that French cargo ship in Dartmouth near the harbor all the windows got clipped well all these windows they're all telling stories some are so sweet some are so gory there was murder one night no one ever speaks of all the windows the Halifax
1: today. That's Steve Poults with Windows of Halifax from his new album, Shine On Steve Poults is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today He's actually back in Canada on tour this May uh, He's uh, in Toronto today, which is thursday when we're taping this interview at the dakota uh heads out to guelph and then down into atlantic canada for some gigs in nova scotia and new brunswick and then you have some festivals coming up this summer and you know festivals you must just love don't you
2: i adore them Yes, yeah, you get to meet so many new musicians and see old friends and the energy's just palpable and People are there to have a good time and experience new things. Some of them are camping, and everybody gets that festival dust on them, the fairy dust, the happy dust, and they're walking around. and It's, it's like you wish the world could always be like a festival.
1: Do you think that that really fires you up then? I mean, when you get into the groove, you know, I think uh, we've already mentioned you're at Ottawa Blues Fest, Mariposa, Trout Forest, Calgary, I think you've got Philadelphia in there as well. Do they fire you up like you do the festival? And does does that sort of sustain you for a while? Or do you find that you really need a break afterwards?
2: No, it gives me energy. I don't need breaks.
1: So you're just fine to keep going?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm the energizer bunny.
1: Well, I was just curious because, you know, now and I know when we spoke the last time, you mentioned that your girlfriend convinced you to move to Nashville. And at first... You thought, no, I'm you know, Mr. San Diego, I can't do that. But you've adjusted, you've said that <laughs> it's a move you should have made ten years ago and I always wonder whether you know, you're almost I don't I don't want to use the word family man. I'm not even sure whether if that would ever be in the cards, but I just make me make me wonder whether you find that you need more downtime than you used to previously.
2: I like downtime when I have it, and when I have it I always think, Oh, this I I need to do this more often. And then I'll go back out on the road and go, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. It's like almost like I'm a crazy person and I don't know what I'm meant to do. (laughs) Like wherever I am, that's where I'm supposed to be.
1: Which is why you're so happy on the road, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm not happy the night before I leave. If I've been home for a while, I think, man, I can't do this again. And then... I do it, and it's amazing because it turns out to be so fun. And I think, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Now, you're known for your humor. You're known for your quirky uh, writing. I've always wondered whether there's a book in there that you're going to, you know, eventually surprise us with. I always like to get to the part of the interview. I say, well, what happens next? On's out there. Uh, you know, you're doing the touring thing. Is Steve Polts eventually going to become a writer as well? I mean, not just blog posts and, uh, you know, things on social media?
2: I would like to do that, and this subject keeps coming up, and I've been contacted by a book publisher and people that want to help me make this happen, so I could see it in my future. I could also see a one-man show, take it to theaters,
1: but that would be a show that would, I mean, your stories are a big part of your performance anyway. I know, I love the stories where you, you talk about your parents, and, you know, phone calls and that sort of thing. Would that be developed more? Is that where you think that maybe eventually things will go?
2: Yeah, just, I would like to try that for a year or two, if I could move that up to some sort of one one-man show in a the theater with stories and maybe even slides, interactive, and have a beginning a middle and an end make people laugh and cry and end with some sort of redemption
1: and that sounds I like think that would be really fun to yeah. me that already sounds like a Steve Poles concert because i know when we caught you recently in highgate ontario uh, it certainly felt like that you know you you love to take people on a ride with a live performance
2: i think you're right it's already happening so now i could uh learn to bottle it right
1: right <laughs> right well, you know, and I, I think that's what one of the things with, that people love. You know, I was writing a blog post to go with the interview and I thought, well, what am I going to write that's a little different from the last time? And I think, you know, one of the things about your shows is that people can come to a Steve Paltz show and maybe not have heard that much of your music, but the way you deliver that performance, it's almost like it doesn't really matter. They will get enough out of it and they will enjoy you as the performer that they'll just become fans by the end of it.
2: Right. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's been great to talk to you today. I'd like to finish up today with the title track from the album. Now, interestingly, this is quite a slow song and it's quite a thoughtful song. And it's the first track on the album. Yeah. When I was listening to it for the first time, I said, oh, that's an interesting way to start off. Was that deliberate that you wanted to start with a song like that rather than, you know, being really upbeat at the beginning?
2: Yeah, because uh, everybody told me never start with a slow song, so I like to do the opposite of what people tell me to do. So it seemed like a good idea.
1: So so that's you and George Costanza, obviously.
2: Yeah. (laughs) ODD, Oppositional Defiance Disorder.
1: Does that song have anything to do with the, the final song on the album, that all things shine? Because, you know, you start off with this very thoughtful shine on at the start of the album and then at the end of the album uh, you have the very thoughtful all things shine and I was just curious as to whether they were meant to be connected.
2: They were they were bookends so that was why I had them that way that was the only thing I knew when I wanted to make the record I knew what the first song was and what the last song was and then the rest I knew there would only be eight other songs but I wasn't sure what ones they would be. I never want to put more than 10 songs on a record again. Uh, I'd rather just release seven-inch singles every month after that because I feel like people's attention spans aren't what they used to be. There's too much choice out there.
1: Does that mean in the future that we may start to see Steve Holt's EPs or just single songs? I know you've done that before with topical songs, but they've usually ended up on the album later.
2: Yeah, I I think, I mean, I'll always put out records because I like records and it's fun to have something to promote, but I also have all these extra songs that never get out. It would be nice to just start putting them out as seven-inch singles once a month or something.
1: And when can we expect a live album?
2: That's a good question. My manager was asking me that the other day, and he said, we were going to try to record the next, because I have these three sold-out shows in Halifax, and it might be cool to record those and go back to the mothership where it all
1: started. Yeah, well, that, that would be cool. That would definitely be something to look forward to. Steve Pulse, I wanted to thank you for spending the time to talk to us today. This is Steve Pulse with the title track from his great new album, Shine On. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And Steve, thanks for spending the time to talk to us today and have fun on tour.
2: Thanks, Jan. So good to always talk to you and catch up. I hope I see you this week.
0: Carmel sky, paint across the clouds. Somebody's struggling, but everyone's allowed. And if you're gonna reach, reach for the stars. Pack yourself a lunch and some man teeth jars. Celebrate your fears Celebrate your scars You've earned everyone You're a shiny old car Shine on Shine on Shine on You got the Mercedes up with rust. Champagne fizz from the bone to the bust. From a faraway farm to the California gold. Chasing down a dream, it just can't be sold. Celebrate life let it all fall free kick off your shoes and wiggle your feet shine on, shine on, shine on